What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. Love you, homie. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please take a seat. Uh, As Craig said, so grateful to be here today and want to brag on your pastors because if there's anything that's the most, the dumbest thing you can do in your life is plant a church. Okay, just, I'm just letting you know, I've learned this by experience, and, and you guys are doing a great job. And as Craig said, he and Keith actually, it was Keith, Keith was with, right, when, when we first met. And we, we went out to uh, pizza, and uh, that's kind of my diet. That's what I'm into. Um, uh, uh, anyway, so we had pizza, and he was telling me about the church. I'm like, dude, Reno, I love Reno. My, my in-laws are from there. My wife grew up there. This, like, it's a passion city for us for sure. And uh, so I saw those guys and just said, man, what can we do to help? And they were just starting, and we were just kind of coming out of some of that setup teardown thing. We had a ton of stuff that we just said, please take it. It's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to help you do your thing. And which you guys as a church have now actually given that to a church in Portland, which is super cool to hear. Um, and that's what it's all about. The church is supposed to live open-handedly, and I think that's cool that Convo's doing that. And so I just want to brag on uh, uh, Craig and Kara for leading the charge. And, uh, man, I, I think anybody, yeah, for sure, Absolutely. And uh, church, church planting is not for the faint of heart at all, and especially then you go through COVID and then you really go, it's not for the faint of heart. It wasn't for the faint of heart in any church in America. There wasn't a right or a wrong way to do it. It was all depending on your opinion, right? And so it was like very difficult to lead during that time and just, again, just grateful for how they've led through this. And you guys are back meeting in person. You got some cozy seats, and I'm not lying. If you do fall asleep, I will call you on it. I'll take my chairs back, Okay. <laughs> No, I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I want you to relax and enjoy the message. I'm going to uh, dive into God's word. Um, I also want to just highlight my wife who's over here. Becky, just kind of wave here. Like, love, that's my family, my in-laws, yeah. And uh, some of you probably know Jesse and Jonas and Cassie and Oliver as well. Just uh, this has become home to them as well, and I love that. And it's very cool to see this space, you guys. You, I mean, I'm sure you know it. If you were part of the setup teardown crew, you were just telling me Cece, right? She did uh, the news. And uh, she was a part, like, the original eight people that gathered in a living room, and she's now doing news. She knows what it looks like to walk into a space and go, like, we don't have to set up and tear down anymore. That's, like, the best thing in the world for a church. Anyway, so, so grateful um, that you guys have this space. Looking forward to seeing what God has in mind uh, for this space. And, uh, you know, my church, um, again, is in El Dorado Hills, California, like the Folsom area. Many people know Folsom because Johnny Cash went to prison there, right? That's what they think at least. Uh, but anyway, um, so people know where we're from. But our church right now, we're, we're in remodel. We're putting new seats in our facility. And we actually told our church, hey, you're going to be outside for the next three to five weeks. as we." So they had church on the grass this morning at 108 degrees. So... Yeah, we're just trying to teach them what the first century church went through and just really make sure their priorities are in line, if they're really a good church or not. No, I'm kidding, but that's literally what they did this morning. I had a few texts from people in church saying, hey, uh, let's not do this anymore. This was terrible. And so I'm like, well, just hang in there with us. And also, I just Brian and Paula, these, these guys just moved here, what, a, a month ago, right? And they're from our church, district church, and they live, they're local now, so make, make them at home here at Convo. We love these guys a bunch, so... Yeah, yeah, they walked in this morning, and I'm like, whoa, I'm, this feels like home all of a sudden. And so, 
but anyway, so I want to uh, jump into this supernatural summer idea that you guys have been in. I think it's, it's a great uh, thing to be focused on because here's the deal. The reality is in summer many times uh, is when we get into some bad habits, right? We, we all of a sudden, we're like, hey, we're going to the lake. Like I know even my church, we're not far from South Lake Tahoe in the celebrity golf tournaments this weekend. Guess where half of my church is this weekend, right? They're hanging out trying to get autographs. I'm like, you know those autographs aren't worth anything, right? Like they're literally not worth anything. But anyway, they're hanging out there, and it's easy to get into some of those you know, new routines or summer routines. You're, you're hiking, you're getting away. But the next thing you know, it's been two months since you spent any time in your relationship with Jesus. And, and you're sitting here going like, man, why am I so dry? Why don't, why, why don't I feel any life inside of me? And it's because we just we check out of some of the rhythms that we need to have. And, and that's why I love this supernatural summer idea because it's somewhat what our church is doing back home as well. Um, I've simply the last three to four weeks been teaching uh, about the Bible, how to read the Bible, like why you should have the Bible in your life, how you should treat the Bible like food. Like if you don't get it, you won't have life, right? And, and it's true. In your life, if you don't read the Bible, if you're not spending time, it's God's love letter to you. And if you're not spending time in that, you're not going to fill up your soul and your spirit with the things that you need to do it, right? And, and you, can't, you cannot build your relationship with Jesus on the Sunday morning experience. Like, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. I, like, it, statistically, I should be snorting coke somewhere down the street. Like, that's just, like, for pastor's kids, we don't stick in church. We find our way out the door somewhere down the road, right? But, but it's when I learn to go, like, hey, I need this to actually be a part of my life. Like, I can't depend on my dad. I can't depend on the pastor or the YouTube celebrity pastor. Whatever it is, I need to make sure that I have this in my own life. I promise that if you do that, if you apply this to your life, you will experience growth. You will experience an insane amount of growth when you set up some of these disciplines. So that's what Supernatural Summer is all about. You know, one of the things I have people say to me a lot is, man, CJ, does God speak to you? Like, or, or does he, CJ, does he speak to me? Or is God speaking in general, like is this still something that's happening in the world? And I just want you to know that we're, we serve a God that is still speaking, everybody, okay? Like he's been speaking throughout time and he continues to speak today. And, 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 and you know, if you think about the Bible, the, Genesis, the, first, the third verse in the Bible said, and God said, right? So like he spoke, God spoke, and then all of this came into being, right? And in the very end of the Bible in Revelation, it ends with let him who has ears to hear hear what the Spirit is speaking, right? So God is speaking. He hasn't, it didn't stop with the New Testament church. He, he's continuing to speak. But the, but the problem many times is are we allowing ourselves or setting ourselves up to hear what he's trying to speak to us? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, man, okay, we need to prepare our hearts. Like supernatural summer, you're not going to experience a supernatural summer unless you go, okay, I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to set up some disciplines in my life. And so I want to invite you to open your Bibles right now because we're going to dive right into that. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we say it at our church as well. You can jump on the YouVersion Bible app and follow along in the scriptures there. We're going to start in John 10 today. And uh, if you don't have an iPad or an iPhone to do that on, you can go old school like my parents. Open your eyelids. I'm pretty sure they're going to have most of the, the scriptures on the screen here. So let's go old school and just go that way. Uh, but this is, this is a portion of scripture where Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, and he talks about us 
as his sheep, okay? He talks about us as his sheep. And he uses uh, parables, which are metaphors or stories to get a truth across. And so I'm going to read this as we set this up today. It says this in John 10, verse 3 through 5. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. Okay, catch that. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brought out um, all his own, he goes on ahead of them, which is a beautiful thing if you think about that. Jesus saying, hey, I'm going to go ahead of you, and you want this in your life. I'm just saying that. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Okay, catch that. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Okay, so the really good news here with this passage of scripture is that Jesus is our shepherd, okay? The really bad news is, is that you and I are the sheep. And sheep are like the dumbest animals on the planet. I don't know if you guys know this or not. How many shepherds in the house? Yeah, I didn't think so. Like, I'm not a shepherd either. But they're, like, sheep are not known to be super sharp, okay? And, and, and so, uh, you know, in fact, I'll just give you a little uh, uh, kids' church lesson this morning. If you're taking notes, this is the imperative stuff you need to write down. Uh, but did you know that sheep are mentioned in the Bible 200 times? In fact, it's the most mentioned animal in the Bible. Over 200 times sheep are mentioned in the Bible. So, she, so sheep matter. Like, and so God's saying, hey, you guys matter, you're, you're sheep. Now, another animal that's highly picked up in the Bible that God mentions a bunch it, are dogs. Dogs are mentioned 44 times in the Bible. You guys know it 44 times? Yeah, and this is why I'm a dog owner, right? We have a beautiful dog. She's incredible. But the, the, the third animal that God really gives no attention to is the cat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Amen. We can buy your heads, close your eyes. We're going to close this morning. <laughs> Zero. Like, I mean, there's maybe like a chance that they were, their hair was used on the harps in heaven or something like that. But no, I'm kidding. Sorry. You're, for the cat lovers, you're like, oh, I'm out. I'm done with this. <laughs> But, but, but sheep, this is the truth about sheep, is sheep are a mess, and sheep need a shepherd. Sheep are a mess, and sheep need a shepherd, and Jesus is our shepherd. So I want to talk quickly just about sheep to see if you can kind of identify with sheep, spiritually speaking, so that you can kind of go, okay, I see what God is, is doing here, because we need to understand why Jesus calls us his sheep. So let me just give you a couple reasons sheep need a shepherd. The first one is, is because they get lost. Okay, sheep get lost. If you read throughout the Bible, this is the reason we have incredible worship songs like Reckless Love, right? He leaves the 99 to go after the one. The reason they, he does that is because sheep get lost. Many times we make our worst decisions when we step out of relationship with God, where we step out of relationship with our shepherd, and we get lost, okay? So we need a shepherd because we get lost. The other reason is because they get attacked. Sheep get attacked. Like, and this is, I mean, this is just true. You, you, you know this is they don't really have a defense mechanism, right? So if you look at the rest of, like, animals, you got snakes, right? They got fangs and venom. You got all these other animals with horns, and they can kick, and some of them can, like, they, be, they blend in with their surroundings. And, like, sheep are nothing. They're just a ball of poofy white stuff. The only hope they have is if it's snowing outside and it's a blizzard and you can't be seen, right? I mean, it's like all they have, they get attacked. So that's why they need a shepherd. They need someone to, to protect them and care for them. The other reason we can identify with sheep, I think spiritually speaking, is because sheep get dirty. Sheep get dirty. 
Anybody ever got dirty in your life? I'm a pastor up here. I'll go ahead and tell you. I have gotten dirty in my life. Sheep are not all clean and put together. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions in church is like, man, that's just for the people that got it all dialed in and they're, you know, they're clean and got it all together. Listen, if you go to a church and everyone's super clean and tidy, just be afraid. Like that's probably, it's probably just an appearance thing, okay? I'm just saying they, they don't have it all together. They get dirty. And every one of us have. Every one of us has. In fact, if we just did a test right now and I said, how many have, you know, done some sin in your life, yada, yada, we, we'd all have to raise our hand because the Bible says that not one of us, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. That's just, that's just the reality that we li- live in. None of us are perfect. So every one of us would have to admit at some point, right, we've, we've stolen or we've lusted or we've uh, done other things. And then if you didn't raise your hand for any of that, you would be the one who lied, right? Like, that's just, that's just the reality. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And then we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd because we get stuck. We get stuck. In fact, I don't even need to tell you about this one. I just want to show you. In fact, I, I asked the guys to, to, to play a video. This came out, I don't know, during COVID. And I saw that and I literally like belly laughed because I was like, this is what I do for a job. So check this out. Little sucker got stuck. Shepherd lets him out. He's like, I'm free. Right back in. Right back in. How many been there before? Yeah, like, I mean, that, I mean, I'm just saying, this is why we need Jesus to lead us, everybody. I, I, literally, I'm just saying, I saw that and I'm like, that's my life. Like, I have literally, that's me. Jesus has pulled me out of the gutter. I'm like, yay, boom, boom, back in. Like, and literally, it's what we do as pastors. We're walking with people every week that in and out of ditches. And, and we can't do it. It's literally the power of Jesus. Like, he's the one that does the work. But if you think about it, this is why we need a shepherd. Now, one of the things sheep are really good at is they actually, they're, they're very good listeners. Very good listeners. That's, the, that's really the only kind of great quality that they have is they, they know their shepherd's voice. And, and truth be told, their lives depend on it. So my prayer this morning is, is this, Proverbs 3, 6, that we would listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. He is the one who will keep you on track. So before you send out that email or before you reply to that comment on Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media garbage you got on your phone, just calling it like I see it, everybody. That you would go like, man, in everything I do, I'm going to listen for God's voice to guide me. Like, that's just what we, that's what we need. That's what I need. I need to be able to go, God, I need you to speak to me. I need your voice to be clear to me. This is why Jesus says in Luke 8, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So you and I, we are the sheep. And, and one of the greatest qualities of sheep is that they are good listeners. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm your shepherd. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I want you to know this morning that God doesn't have a speaking problem. It's generally that we have a hearing problem. It's generally because we have things going on in our lives that are competing and combating for, for, for the clarity that God wants to bring to us when he's speaking. So are our ears available to what he has to say? So I want to... I want to share this uh, parable in, in Luke 8. 
And I kind of started kind of there just to, to kind of show you where we're headed with this. I'm going to read this, and then we're just going to kind of look at some, some truths that Jesus is saying with this parable. And so Jesus says this, Luke 8, verse 5 through 8. He says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Okay? So I want you to just catch this in this first one. Some some. Some people trampled on it, and then some people, like the birds, stole it. They, they, they ate it up, okay? Some fell on rocky ground. Again, he's talking about the seed. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So were, there were some key, competing things going on with the seed, right? Like the, the, the soil wasn't prepared. It wasn't ready to receive the seed. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants, Yesterday, my, my wife and I and our team, our, part of our church team, we did this thing called Serve Day. And we sent out a bunch of different teams to a whole bunch of different projects. And we served a bunch of different areas and made an impact. And we went to this guy's house who, um, in our church who got leukemia during COVID. And so he hasn't been able to tend to his yard. And so we took 14 people over there. And we were weed whacking and pulling weeds. And I was literally looking at this going like, Man, there's some beautiful plants out in the weeds here that are completely dead. There's literally no life to them. And it's because they've just been choked up by the weeds around them. So that's what Jesus is saying. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. He said, still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So I could take seed this morning and I could throw it on this floor and I could come back in a year and it would not grow or produce any fruit, right? It's because the soil is, it's not good soil. This is a hard floor. It's got, you know, like it's probably fake wood, right? This is what we do at our church. We don't do real wood. We do fake wood. But, but it wouldn't produce anything because the soil is not ready to receive the seed. Then he said, when he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So God doesn't have a, a speaking problem. Many times we have a listening problem. And then Jesus goes on to say, let me tell you what this parable is all about. In verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable, which I love when Jesus does that, does that kind of thing, right? He's like, hey, just in case you missed the whole thing, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. And what he's communicating in this parable is, hey, the, the problem is actually on the receiving end. Like God is speaking, he's casting seeds. We're just not receiving those seeds because of the condition of our hearts. We have, we, our hearts have too, much, too many things going on. He's like, hey, you need to prepare your heart. So let me show you four things that Jesus shows us in, in this text. And, and my hope is that like each one of us would just do a little bit of a heart check. And I'm going to do a heart check as well. I just want to be very clear with all of you guys. Like, every time I preach and every time I'm kind of doing, going through God's word, I'm like, yeah, wow, this, this hurts me too. Like, this is going to mess with some of the things in my life as well. So join me in a heart check this morning. And, and let's figure out the condition of our hearts because I want you to know this morning that you are one of these. Okay, I'm going to give you these four. And you're going to probably identify with one or more of these. But again, God is speaking. Is your heart in the right place to receive what he's speaking. He goes on in verse 12, Jesus gives us, he says, those along the path, so he's referring to verse five, he's saying, okay, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so, they, uh, so that they may not believe and be saved. 
So Jesus is telling, hey, verse 5, that parable, this is what that means. And the heart condition here is that it's just a polluted heart. Okay, it's a polluted heart. So you gotta, you got to ask yourself, man, do I just have a polluted heart? Like maybe God is trying to speak to me, but I just got a bunch of junk up in there that is not allowing that seed to be planted in my heart. And I'm just saying, I'm right there with you on this. It can happen to a pastor. It can happen to the, the, the greatest men and women of God in the world is you can allow things into your heart that God is trying to point, you know, plant seeds in your heart and it just can't, it just won't take because you got a bunch of other junk in there. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, I believe wholeheartedly that Satan is doing everything he possibly can in every one of our individual lives to pollute our hearts so that we won't receive the word of God. And a lot of that time, a lot of it, it comes in a couple ways. It, it's a lot of times it's just things, it's like certain sins that we allow into our lives. So we have certain areas where we're like, yeah, we've totally surrendered that thing to God, but we continue to hold on to maybe just certain little sins that we go like, ah, I just, I don't want to like let that go yet. So we, it's a polluted heart. So God's speaking, he's trying to plant seeds, but you got this thing that's polluting the soil, right? So you got that, or it, help, it, it happens with the people you hang out with. Like, it's just the community of people that you spend your time with. It's like, I talk to people at church all the time, and, you know, they tell their kids, well, you, you become who you hang around with, right? We all know this. We tell our kids this, but it's true in your life as well as an adult. Like, you just got to, I think every year you should go like, who am I giving my time to? Because, because you, can create a you can get a polluted heart just by the company that you keep. So, so again, you just got to figure out, do I have some of this stuff going on? Again, all of us are sinners, right? Myself included, every one of us. There's just some people maybe in this room or in life that you just have some unrepentant sin, right? So you got, you've repented of some of it, but you continue to hold on to a, another little portion of it. You're like, I'm not really ready to let that go. Well, I'm just telling you, you'll never experience the fullness of God's promises. You'll never hear him speaking clearly until you just go like, God, I just want to hand that over to you. And again, repent is, it's not a dirty Christian word. It's, it simply just means, man, I'm doing this wrong and I need to go this way. It literally means to turn in 180 degrees. It's like, I'm just, I'm going this way. I know it's wrong. I need to go this way. And then the other is just with people you hang around. Sometimes you just, again, you just got to look at your, your community of people and go, man, am I, am I surrounding myself with the right people? Like, I th I'm thinking about that. Under, I'm, I'm a pastor. I have to hang out with people, you guys. Like, this is what I do for a living. But I also go, hey, in my spiritual life, who are my, who are my peeps, right? Who are the people that I'm, are speaking into my life, calling me on my junk? Because I got junk too, everybody. And I, a community of people matters. Maybe it's just time for us to get rid of some of that pollution. This is why James says it this way in James 1.21. He says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. For it is strong enough to save your soul. Again, one of the most beautiful words in the entire English language or in the world is this word repent. It's, it's not the old school repent and, you know, it's not that preacher yelling, repent. It's, it, it's literally, it's humbling yourself and going, man, you know what? I'm, I'm doing it wrong. And God has graciously by his spirit walked alongside of you, even though you've been doing it wrong, to simply nudge you and say, hey, I got something better for you. And that's repentance is simply going, man, Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing me that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender that. I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to move in the right direction. That's what repentance means. 
So whatever the sin is for you, it's just, if you want to hear the voice of God clearly, then it starts with this word repentance, because you'll never experience a new life until you turn from the old life. You'll never experience a new life until you turn from the old life. The second uh, thing Jesus talks about in this, and he's, again, he's, so he's referring to verse 6 here in Luke 8. In verse 13, he's telling you, hey, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. How many know it's, it's hot outside right now? I walked out the hotel this morning. I'm like, dude, we're in Reno, and it's like already hot. And I'm the sweatiest human on the planet, which I hate heat. I was literally going, cool, it's going to be 108 back home, and I'm leaving the church. Like, that's how I felt. Anyway, it's super hot, right? It's this. When the heat comes, when the pressures of this world comes, how are you going to deal with it? It's the moment when you, you know, you're in church and Pastor Craig, Pastor Kerr has a message or you're in worship and I was talking to, to, to Moses here, just talking about worship. I'm like, dude, worship is awesome, great drummer. And he's not even a drummer, he's a guitar player. I was like, whatever, I hate you. But anyway, <laughs> but it's that moment where you're in worship and you're like, man, what this, man, that's exactly what I needed. And then you walk right out the door and it's like gonzo. It's just like you just forget all about it. And again, the heart here, the soil here is a distracted heart. It's a distracted heart. And we live in the most distracted society ever in the history of the world. I mean, it's, it's you know, you look at your smartphone, for example, right? It's made us all dumber. Like, it just has. And don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful thing. I'm more, my whole family lives in Wisconsin, so I'm able to, like, connect to my family, and my kids are able to see their grandparents and FaceTime. All these things are really cool, but how many know, like, just in a few minutes, it can go from a really beautiful thing to a really distracting thing. Like, you can, you're like, oh, I'm going to check my emails, or all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, I'm going to jump on Facebook and check a message, and all of a sudden, two hours later, you're looking at everyone's life, and you're like, why am I so bombed, and why am I depressed? It's because it's a distraction. It's a distracted heart, and God can't plant his seed, his word, in your heart if it's a distracted thing. They say kids now spend eight, uh, between the ages of 8 to 18, spend 7.5 hours a day on their smartphones. And we wonder why suicide rates are skyrocketing. We wonder why everyone's confused and all this stuff's going on in the world is because they're so distracted, it's nearly impossible for some, some truth to be planted in their hearts. It's sad. It's, it's terrible. I, a, friend, a friend of mine at church, his name is Jeff, and he was telling me about his kids are into this game, Fortnite. I've never played it. I'm sure some of you have here. It's allegedly like this really amazing game. But his, he said, I'm like outside with my son. His name is Devin, and Devin's outside, and his buddy's like, hey, let's go play Fortnite down the, down the street. They both run into their separate houses to play each other on Fortnite. How many would, I mean, that is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, when I was a kid, we used to just play together and, like, come up with, we'd use our imaginations, we would create, we'd play until the lights went out. I mean, my parents are like, hey, when the street lights come on, let's play. Oh, it's time to go to bed, right? Like, man, nowadays we just live in this distracted world. But the reality is it's not just the kids that wrestle with it. Moms and dads are wrestling with it. And I know we can all agree with it, but at some point you really got to look at your life and go, man, is this a problem for me? I literally, like two weeks ago, I, I, so I have Facebook, I have Instagram. I deleted it from my phone. I just said, you know what? This is becoming a problem for me. 
now I'm not fasting it. I have it on my computer. If I need to check it, I can. But I just found myself picking up the phone and like, uh, 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 uh. I'm like, this is so stupid. What am I even doing? Like, I'm trying to save kids' lives from this thing, and I sit here and do the same thing. I can look at my hours, too, four hours a week. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm looking at other people's highlight reels and their lies anyway. So, like, <laughs> what am I doing? And I have too many rich friends, and they, like, tell me, they're at their cabin every weekend and just making me mad. <laughs> so, so I just said I'm going to delete them and Facebook. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, canceled. <laughs> but I'm just saying... This distracted heart is, is, is a heart that God's word is not going to be able to take root in. It's not going to be able to take root in. So you got to go like, God, am I, am I so distracted? Like, and this, this is true. Like, God should be first in your life. He should be first in your time, your talents, and treasures. I believe it with all of my heart. I didn't live it my whole life, but now that I do, I'm telling you, I have more peace, more joy, more blessing in my life than I've ever seen in my life. And it's putting God first. But what distraction does is it puts God down the list real quick. And it can happen every day. That's why you got to look every day and go like, am I, am I distracted? Am I distracted? Am I getting caught up in this? Because to hear God's voice, you got to figure out how to turn the, the world's volume down a little bit. You have to. It's the TV shows we watch. It's the movies we watch. It's the, Insta- it's, it's all the, it's the TikToks. It's all of it. We just got to go, man, am I keeping God first? In my life. Third, third heart condition Jesus talks about, he says this in, in verse 14, and he's referring to verse 7. He says, the, the seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they won't or they don't mature. So the heart here is just an immature heart. Okay? It's an immature heart. It's the Christian that says, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I raise my hand, I'm all good. And then they just, that's it. Like you're checking all the religious boxes. And you're wondering, shouldn't there be more to this? Shouldn't there be more joy? Shouldn't there be more peace to this? Well, maybe it's just time to grow up a little bit. Like, I mean, really, like, truth be told, like, I feel like what, what I do as a pastor and what I try to tell our church is, like, man, take next steps. And it's not just true of, like, just church stuff. It's just true in life. Like, if you actually want to experience something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done, right? And so that means you go like, okay, i gotta, I got to take a step out. i gotta, I got to walk in faith. i got to trust God. But I've also got to get off my butt and do something with it. It's just the reality. By the way, I love your plan. And if you want to move to Sacramento, let me know. Um, <laughs> sorry, my bad. I shouldn't have done that on stage. I should have done that backstage. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But seriously, I love you. <laughs> but some of you are, you're so dissatisfied with the communication that you have with God. And it's honestly, it's on you to do something about it. It's on you to go, man, you know what, maybe I need to mature up a little bit. Maybe it's time to do engage, right? You call it engage, right? Like, maybe it's time to go, like, what are my next steps? Like, I've, we walk through, we do this thing called growth track, same kind of deal. And we walk people through this, and I've seen people, I, there's, a, there's a woman who's serving on our leadership team now, in our board, who four years ago went through our growth track. And, and she just said, you know what, I preach this message, I just said, someone's waiting on your yes. That was my message. And she just said, you know what, it's time for me to start saying yes. She had been going to church, she'd been around it, she'd been around some of the big churches, small churches. And she goes, I've always just kind of flirted with being, like put my toes in on a Sunday morning. 
And then she finally drop, goes through this process of like kind of discovery and purpose and, and just realizes like, you know what, I need to do something with this. And literally four years later, she's now this year, she just started serving on our trustees board at the church. Because she, her, she's leading at such an impeccable level, I just go like, hey, we need you around. Like, we need you to, to set the pace for other people in our church. Because truth be told, it wasn't on me. It was on her. She needed to go like, I got to do something with this. She had to go like, I have an immature heart. I continue just to go to church and check, bo check boxes. But now I actually want to do something. And it's not just changing her life. It's changing everyone's life around her. It literally is. I wish I could just share her story with you. It's unbelievable. But maybe it's just time to, to stop making excuses and step into something new. Because that's when maturity happens is when you stop making excuses and you, and you start making changes. That's maturity. And I'm telling you, everything you're looking for in life is on the other side of your excuses. So some of, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm speaking biblically speaking, but I'm also speaking, like some of you, you have big dreams in your heart of doing great things and producing great incomes and this and that and the other thing, but you're not willing to step out and actually go, I'm going to go there. You're waiting for someone to hand you the, the keys to the kingdom, and I'm telling you, nobody that I know that's done anything really great in their life has been handed the keys to the kingdom. They have simply just said like, okay, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take a step and build community around that. I'm going to take a step and build community around that. And all of a sudden they're going like, look what God has done in and through my life. What you're looking for is on the other side of your excuses. And the last heart condition is found in verse 15 where Jesus just says this, but, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And that's what I'm just saying this morning is like, if you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to hear it in a prepared heart. This is why Pastor Craig, I'm, I'm assuming he invites you to, hey, when, you, when you're on your way to church, come pre with a prepared heart. Anticipate that God has a word for you. When you wake up in the morning, open your Bible with a prepared heart. To say, Holy Spirit, what, what, are the, what are the things in my life? What are the sin I need to repent of? How do I, what, what do I need to change? Holy Spirit, speak. He's, you will hear the voice of God when you create a prepared heart in you. Like when you get to a point where you go like, okay, God, I just need you to speak, and I want you to know I'm listening. That's, that's what it looks like. God, speak to me. I'm listening. Again, if, if sheep have any really one good quality, it's their, their, their incredible listeners. So they have a shepherd, and, and they, 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 they literally say that you could have a whole, a whole uh, herd of sheep, and a, a shepherd could simply say one word, and if you're part of that herd, that the farthest one off will turn. They just, they just know, like they know their shepherd's voice. And that's what a prepared heart looks like. It's like going, okay, God, I am yours. And I tend to get stuck. I tend to make some bad decisions. I jump in and out of things. You like the video, right? God, I just need you to speak to me. Jesus, I need you to lead me. So how do you do this? Two, two simple things. I already said it. Number one is repent. It's simply, like, it sounds so hard. And sometimes I think in church we... We try to make it so hard, but, but it's simply 
coming to the reality of like, hey, I know this is wrong. Like there's been a lot of things in my life that I knew was wrong, but I continued to do what I wanted to do. And God in his patience and his mercy was patient with me and gracious with me. And when I finally made the decision to go, hey, Jesus, I just need to repent of this sin, it was like freedom. So it wasn't like this big bad thing. It was simply going, hey, God, I recognize now that I'm going in the wrong direction, and I want to turn and go in the right direction. So if that's you this morning, repent. Don't sweat it. Just turn and go in the other direction. And then for some of us, it's simply just to refocus. And this is why I love the supernatural summer idea. Because it's really, this is the time of year in church, every pastor in America knows it, is this is the time when people check out. And, and don't, I'm not talking about church attendance with this. Please hear me on this. Church is not going to save your life. It literally will not save your life. You can go to church your whole life and still be bound by all the things. Now, church is insanely important. You should have great community around you. You should be invested in that community. I believe it with all my heart. But when I say refocus, it's not like, hey, get back to church, everybody. You should. But more importantly, you need to go, what, where have I gotten off track? Maybe it is taking a look at your social media or, or media in general or news or whatever. I'm talking, the, the biggest thing I've seen, the biggest wins I've seen in my church, especially in men in my church, is guys who have said, I, I've gotten off the news. It's not social media for them. They just, they were so consumed by the news that they were so mad and angry all the time with everyone. I'm like, do you realize you're mad at everyone right now? Like, that's what news has done to you. And they're like, I'm just going to get off of it. And it's like, I think it would do us all good to just go like, they're, they're lying to us anyway. I hope you get that, right? Like, yeah, it's just a story. Like, and your heart is going to be more receptive to truth, which is the real story, which is God's story. When you just go like, man, I just need to refocus on that. I need to make that my thing. I'm just saying, if you want revival, if you want a supernatural summer, if you want to experience the resurrection power of Jesus, you're going to find it in a, a pr prepared heart. You're going to find it in repentance. You're going, to, you're going to find it by refocusing your life. This is why Paul says, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. The reality is that every one of us in this room, we have some insane decisions to make. Like there's those of you in this room, you've got family decisions, you've got relationship decisions, you've got business decisions, you, you've got some huge decisions to make, and I don't know why in the world you wouldn't want to do it without the voice of the shepherd leading you and guiding you. And that's why I'm just saying, it's time for us to, to prepare our hearts to say, Jesus, we need you to speak to us, and we want you to know, Holy Spirit, that we're listening. I'm just telling you this morning, God's voice is clearest when your heart is prepared to hear it. It's clearest when your heart is prepared to hear it. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ComboChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.